Kick me. Kick me. What was that? An exhibition? We need emotional content. Versus Enter the Dragon. I'm Matt Derson. And I'm John Saxon Hunt. Clay Handman Ferno. Hey, we're Kay. back after five, no, six years of taking a break. <laughs> we, didn't, no, we didn't really take a break. Nobody knew that because we're well, just going to see. You know? I just wanted to make an Enter the Dragon reference about yes. the last time they saw each other. Yes. Uh, Ah, so we're going to be talking about Bruce Lee's, not final, which it's not his, his final film that he made while he was living. But they made other movies with footage and stuff after he was gone. Yeah. Those were those were good. <laughs> <laughs> that's Game of Death. That's that's a movie. I never saw any of those, actually, I don't think. I Unless, I, yeah. I've only seen that one once. And I know that more footage has come out since I saw it, but it is so, so bad. So oh. bad. Oh, so bad. Like, there's like a scene where they just literally paste Bruce Lee's face onto the other guy's head. And he's like moving around, but Bruce Lee's head is just, it's such a bad effect. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to do a good movie, Enter the Dragon. But this, he did die about a month before this came out in Hong Kong, right? I think, is that timeline correct? Yeah, it wasn't, it was a short time before. Yeah, he died a couple months before it came out in the U.S., I think, but it's very, very tragic, very tragic, yes. Can we talk about his death for a second? Because Please. there's fascinating things about it. He basically, there's it's the big mystery about how he died. They say it was maybe a blood clot. Somebody actually even said that it might have been tainted cake <laughs> space cake cannabis brownies because he was right. eating a ton of cannabis brownies around this time but the real fascinating thing about it was that he was out to lunch earlier that day with James Bond George Lazenby that's right wow. and they were I he was going to meet him I didn't I didn't think they actually met but... so they yeah so and you you actually are correct because they had met earlier in the day for lunch. And Bruce was sitting at lunch and he said, uh, he's like, I don't know, I like I don't really feel that great. And then George Lazenby was like, you know what, forget it. I'm going to go back home. My, my wife is about to have a baby. And oh, we don't have to wow. meet up again tonight for dinner. Like, just why don't you just go home and rest? I'm going to go home. And then I'm going to come back here and I'm going to start working on the next film with you. Yeah, like, which, we're going to start was, working yes. on his Game of Death movie, I think. Yeah, yes. So yeah. he said, uh, I'm going to come. He's like, "Let, don't worry about dinner tonight. We're at lunch now. Like, don't worry. Just go home and rest, dude. Whatever. And Bruce said, you know what, George? If I said I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there for dinner. 
let's let's have dinner tonight. Or and meanwhile, George is like, I, I really wanted to leave. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, he said, like, I was giving so, you an out, man. <laughs> right. So he's, but he said, okay, fine, Bruce. And then, then Bruce and then George and his manager were like met up for the dinner or, or whatever, and they were like, where is where's Bruce? It's really un, unlike him. Or or George called his manager, and then then they called the hotel, and somebody went in and said, oh, Bruce, you know, Mr. Lee's sleeping. I can't wake him up. And then, you know, they said, well, get the doctor in there. Like, this this doesn't seem right. And then that's when they discovered, unfortunately, that he died. But it's it's really insane, the George Lazenby connection. He, it, yeah. it is. Listen it is. back to our episode on Your Majesty's Sacred Service. Which we haven't done Which yet. Which we haven't recorded yet. <laughs> you guys good at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> So go into the future and listen to our episode <laughs> on Imagine Secret Service. Wow, I mean, I didn't know that actually. It's, that yeah, didn't he, come was, up. he was at a, a a lady's place too. He was like on her bed. Oh, yeah. So that. there was like speculation that he was having a thing going on with her. Oh. Yeah, I don't he remember her. Was. Do it. Look at yeah. it. Up. I mean, hey, good for him. I mean, they said it was swelling. You gotta the, go. The, on the brain or something like that as a reaction uh, yeah, to... that's my wife Linda said that Linda said that she believes it was some sort of painkiller that he took or even ibuprofen or something combined with like water on the brain and oh. that George Lazenby said he's like this guy was in top shape I think that he did overdo it on the training which I mean George Lazenby is not a doctor but he said uh, <laughs> but he, he played said, one on Australian TV <laughs> yeah but he said there might have been a blood clot and then you know all, all it takes is a blood clot is for it to get in the won't break up or whatever and that's that'll kill that'll kill you you know so I mean, it, it's got to be one of the bigger tragedies uh, I don't know I mean it's hard to say if he was ahead of his time or everyone just copied him. I think, like, Both. you look at. I think they copied. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they obviously ahead of his Hong time, Kong. and they copied him. And they copied it, but I mean, would there have been a time if it wasn't for Bruce Lee? You know, there wouldn't have been a like. Well, I what, often wonder about these early deaths of influential, popular, celebrities like Kurt Cobain and and things like that. Would they have had? the impact that they have now had they lived or would they have turned or would Bruce Lee have turned into Chuck Norris and gone on to do a couple, you know, or forget like it. Fat Elvis or, or whatever. Fat you know. Elvis. Yeah. I, I don't think you he would have been I mean? fat. But, I mean, well, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, like when you think about just, I, I was watching this movie thinking like, MMA stars and stuff like that guy who played Batroc on Winter's Falcon and Winter Soldier, and obviously oh, yeah. the Winter Soldier movie. Oh yeah, he's George St. Pierre, very famous M- MMA star who went in, went on to, you know, do movies when his career kind of wound down. But I mean, he, I think it's hard to say. Like, yeah, would any of this stuff? I mean, he was. He. I think he was, was ahead of his time. Yeah, I, I have to say, as somebody that I, I'm going to probably reference this a, a bit, but like as someone that did martial arts for a while. And as somebody that was completely obsessed with this stuff, and I worked for a publishing company that we had the rights to Bruce Lee's stuff, and uh, I actually held his snapshots in my hand, and I made color photocopies of them. I have a bunch of stuff from Enter the Dragon, actually, some color photocopies that I stole from that job. But he (laughs) truly was a master of 
he made his own he was just a master of martial artist he truly was an artist like think of the finest he's a michelangelo of martial arts he came up with jeet kune do he adapted styles he was really good yeah he was an actor and did those chop Salki films he's a and, child actor as yeah. as well but he really as as far as you know the the best the best people to ever greatest of all time to to do martial arts let alone be an actor let alone like all the fame and like how famous he became later and he did have the tv show but the reason he went back to hong kong was that he didn't get the role in kung fu and that's they offered him this movie to to make him a really big star in the u.s but he just was such a masterful martial artist he's ultimately the best and he trained people such as Steve McQueen and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and James Coburn. James Coburn. Sorry, that God. was so funny because I did a weird thing. I downloaded an app to my iPhone that was a Bruce Lee app because it was wow. like suggested in one of these videos that I watched. And in the, in the app store, one star reviews like, this is don't pay this money. <laughs> this, will, <laughs> this is the worst app. But I actually, I, I was like, well, I'll give it a shot. And then I, I downloaded it. It was $2. And there was that interview with George Lazenby, which is everything I just told you about. And then stuff with James Coburn in, in the app. And talking to uh, uh, Saxon, like all the, the martial artists that were in the movie, the co-stars, they were all interviewed in there. So there's like some good stuff out there if you're like fascinated by this movie, which uh, I became. The thing that I didn't know that I, you know, and I love this stuff, but like the this is one of the highest grossing movies when you consider that it only cost what like eight hundred fifty thousand, I think, was the budget, and it made three hundred fifty million gross. I mean, it's four hundred times what it costs to make this movie. I think now we don't consider that because every movie costs a lot and makes a lot. Like it doesn't, you know what I mean? Like you're yeah. just like, oh, this movie made four hundred million. That's great. Also, is like marketing right like right well a lot of it about a million went into the marketing of this movie it's crazy what (laughs) they had some they had comic books they had they had all kinds of stuff they had listen to this man they had free martial arts classes yeah somehow i don't know if it was a voucher you buy a ticket and you get a free martial arts class or something like that but yeah they this was like this was a whole thing i was not alive back then but man I would have been caught up in it too. <laughs> it was pretty. I mean, it was. It seems like it was hard not to. There was. It was in magazines and and everything. But yeah, a free karate class. Magazine. Pretty good. <laughs> but I mean, it's it it's really sad that this was. Yeah, the last movie that he was. Because he would have done more. This was a Warner Brothers production. It was the first time they made a big production with his. I don't know if it was Bruce Lee's, I think his production company and Warner Brothers to do like uh, two countries kind of coming together. Warner Brothers was like, we need to send a couple of producers along because we want this to be like a top notch Warner film. We wanted to, if you look at his B-roll and stuff, his first two uh, films that he shot back in Hong Kong, they're pretty rough. Yeah. They're like that style of Kung Fu film that, you know, like RZA is obsessed with those like old style this was like a warner brothers movie right well i mean was there some trouble on the set i was you know based on some of the stuff i read it seemed like the screenwriter and bruce lee weren't really getting along too well apparently apparently he was 
uh, I forget the screenwriter's name now. I'm sorry. Let me find it here. George Lazenby, the screenwriter. <laughs> no, he's a doctor. He's Michael oh. Allen. Michael Allen. He made. He, he kind of. It seemed like he was. He made these kind of racial remarks too, and it seemed like he put in words. I mean, this is bad to say, I guess, but like he put in words that he thought that Bruce Lee couldn't say because of his thick accent mm. and stuff. Like it just and Bruce, I don't know. It seems like there were some issues back there. I don't know what went on, but on a positive thing related to race, mm. but but kind of related to marketing too, is they were like, we need to have a co-star that's black. We need to have an, an Asian guy and a white guy. You know why? Because black guys, white guys, and Asian people, they all love watching people beat the shit out of each other. So we want to appeal to the most the most amount of people. Let's put them all in as, you know, basically. The, the co-stars really are, they, they're all equally, they're all equally important. You know, Bruce Lee is obviously. The, I almost sort of feel lead. that like John Saxon is the lead in the movie. Yeah, like Bruce uh, until Lee, yeah, until like the last out, yeah. twenty minutes, and yeah. then it becomes Bruce Lee's movie. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Bruce Lee's. I I almost thought like, did he die while they were making it? Because it's weird. <laughs> He's not in it a whole lot until the end, obviously. But yeah, it's it's interesting. No, um, but they everything at the beginning is with the the sparring session session right at the beginning. Bruce Lee, that was an add-on that Bruce Lee shot himself. He was like, I want to do this. Let's put this in here. And then he talks to the Shaolin monk, and then he talks to Braithwaite, which is like his Q or whatever. <laughs> you know, his, oh, actually, maybe more like his M. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He shows yeah, him the little right. movie. And you know me in a, you know, a fake UN set there with, the, you know, <laughs> here's some secret secret stuff that happened you need to go figure this out go to get over there i love that in the film yeah get, there's a tournament go to this island <laughs> well, <laughs> right. we did a riff on it on a comic that we never actually finished we were doing that i know um, we actually called it blood and steel which was yeah. one of the the alternate titles for well i shouldn't say we john did but i did it yeah, yeah <laughs> i, I read off bruce lee it was uh, I, but that's an I alternate was, title i was yeah. about like 10 minutes into the Right before we came on here, and I was like trying to finish work, but then I was like, oh, I, I kind of want to watch the Kentucky Fried movie. I started watching that. I'll probably watch it again like later tonight. All right. So the plot is pretty simple. Yeah. Like Bruce Lee is, as, as Clay said, his M tells him, like, we want you to get in this tournament, go investigate this guy Han, and uh, we have an operative in there. We want you to contact her and then you know do this radio thing and you know do a radio show do a radio show i mean it's pretty simple it's very basic like it's like basically like a gi joe episode or yeah something. i was like there and a lot of people call this basically bruce lee's dr no okay sure, sure. listen to our dr no episode to find out more go about into that. the future and listen to our big tam does he do anything that Timoth that uh, Pierce Brosnan would have done? Because that's then we've actually done those episodes. Um, yeah. He just he goes on belt. a boat. He goes on a junk. Right? <laughs> he goes on, on a boat. boat. Yeah. In the, I in heard the he did want to use a gun, but they never never came and never came out. He, he's like, I'm a secret agent. I want to use a gun, and it didn't happen. So. And they made anyway, yeah, so... it in the in the shot too. He's like, How about a, why don't I just have a gun? And they're like, no, look, nope. look on the map. No guns. He, guns he here. Won't... Guns. <laughs> guns. No here. You're going no here. But you, if you had, a, yeah, sure. If you were here, 
up here, you could have a gun. But nope, that's not where you're going. You're going down here. No gun land. <laughs> I said, yeah, they don't really like guns there. Oh. Yeah, that's the way you get around it. It's just a little piece of dialogue that doesn't really make sense. He's like, he doesn't, he doesn't allow him on the island. Yeah. Han. Han is, Han no, is I, the bad guy who is also Bruce Lee's good friend. And in fact, he actually called him uncle, right? So... But he's not the bad. He's the bad guy. But he's not like the bad guy. I guess he, he does have that funky hand. He's got, yeah. got the Wolverine yeah, claw. The, he's and got then the, later like, on, it's Skywalker like a, a furry, hand, a furry brush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a furry brush, but it's also one of those trowel and uh, pitchfork sets, just like that you use with your hand. You know what mm. I mean? For yeah. like digging out weeds, gardening. Yeah, yeah it's like gardening weeds with like fur yeah. on it. I feel like I feel like if I was gonna get a new hand, it wouldn't be that. I don't know. I kind of like it. I, I, I I'd just be like, yeah, like, no like, one would mess with me. Great for just, Well, you know, you could just carry one around. Well, I'm, but then you, you know look what I kept weird. thinking of. Oh, I, I kept thinking. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I kept thinking Frank Miller loved this movie. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah I was, right. I was thinking, did the did which came first, this movie or Wolverine? I think Wolverine came seventy six. Maybe this is seventy. This was early. Seventy-three. Version. I think this, this is this is before Wolverine. I was like, but yeah, yeah this, this is seventy-three. Yeah. So her primpy. I mean, I came in seventy-six. So, That's but um, I, I I don't know. I mean, I feel like Han is a little. He looked like he wouldn't be a match for Bruce Lee, other than that the hand, right? I mean, he looked like Bruce Lee could have been able to be that. He, he wasn't a match for Bruce Lee in the end. Spoiler alert. Oh, spoiler, spoiler. Yeah, but you, yeah, I, I think I know what you're saying there. So, like, you almost expect them to fight somebody that's, that looks like the Shaolin monk at the beginning of the movie or the, you know, like the master yeah. in Kill Bill. Or you'd like want him to be a little bit more like, look like, may, right. he might be old, but I bet that guy's a badass. This yeah, like equal footing. Yeah. yeah. It looked like if, it, if he didn't have the, the slicey hand thing, Han wouldn't have been able to beat Bruce Lee. And in fact, he didn't, as you say, but we'll get to that. But uh, he was a big yeah. deal. So he was, it was more of a power thing than. A, right. Right. It's kind of like in those Schwarzenegger movies where like, like commando where Arnold really is fighting the, the second in command and the main bad guy is not really a. The second know, in commando. The second in commando. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But yeah, there's, there's two other sort of main people in this movie john saxon yeah like zaxon yeah who's playing roper and jim kelly who plays williams who were uh, vietnam buds they were buddies in the war and you know, they, they were in this tournament too like john saxon's character reminds me of something your brother would have written when we were little kids when we have like make our own movies his one characteristic is he bets on everything yeah yeah this guy yeah he likes to bet on things yeah Bets I mean, he bets on uh, praying mantises. He bets on himself fighting. That's right. yeah. they, then there was some chicanery in there, right? I mean, yeah. yes, shenanigans. But yeah, I mean, John Saxon has gotten into trouble with the with his gambling. In fact, uh, he owes a lot of money. Not John Saxon. In fact, Roper. John Saxon's yeah, probably Mr. Roper. <laughs> Mr. Roper. <laughs> Richard Roper, the critic. <laughs> Sorry, Williams, who is his friend. Uh, they, yeah, they got some stuff going on. Williams also, he likes the ladies. Yeah, so Jim Kelly was 
he was not not like he was the second choice, but somebody was signed up to do this, and they would have had to you know fly to Hong Kong or whatever to shoot it. And so the other actor was like, "No, man, I feel like this is like sketchy. Like I I, I don't want anything to do with it." So th- this other actor quit. So they asked Jim oh. Kelly because he was a you know well known black martial artist. Very well. But also, one of them, John Saxon actually had a black belt. So I think that's why he got the role, because he actually does know karate. So there you go. Yeah, so good on him. Yeah, good on him. Got him a role. But yeah, so I mean, they go John through. John Saxon the... is famous for his role in Mitchell. Oh, which was done on Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to our Mystery Science Theater. Uh, yeah. Episode. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of like there's some bondish kind of moments. Like Bruce Lee is kind of he's only in the tournament to to infiltrate everything, and there's the yeah, he's awesome... always sneaking about. Well, at what's night what's interesting is Enter the Dragon is drawing from James Bond movies, and then a year later, James Bond movies are drawing from Enter the Dragon with the man with the golden gun. There's a whole kung fu thing going on in that as well. Nice. Listen to our man with the golden gun episode. Yep. Oh, man, that's going to be a rough one. But okay, sure, we'll do it. <laughs> not, as, not as bad as you might think. All right. But yeah, it's like there's the famous scene, really, where he, I don't know if it's famous, but I, I thought it was pretty cool uh, with the snake. Where it's he, famous to me scene. Yeah, it's famous yeah, to me. No, it's pretty well known, yeah. Apparently, he hit that snake like 10 times, and he only got, he never got bit. I don't think I'd want to hit a snake anytime. He was Bruce Lee. I'm like, oh, yeah, no thanks. I wouldn't either. He, but he was holding. That's like a real. I mean, now they would just CGI that shit. But like, yeah. that's a real snake. Real snakes in in Indiana Jones too. Yeah, with a wall, a glass, glass, a glass wall. He wasn't holding the snake in his hand and smacking it, smacking the thing. But don't I mean, that is a great smacking scene. your snake. <laughs> <laughs> You don't even have to smack your steak on that island. They 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 send ladies. They get ladies room. to smack your. Yeah, there's you a lot of. It was a lot of prostitutes, which and apparently they, they hired. Real they were real. They're real they prostitutes because they had trouble finding extras that would be prostitutes or whatever. So they just hired extra prostitutes. They just said, "All right, we'll get real prostitutes." You His? and you and you, and you. <laughs> Like, and I mean, were... I know that might be like a little sexist or whatever, but I, I just thought it was like sexy. I was like, yeah, this is cool, man. I know it is a little. I, I, I mean, it was, it, it was, was the seventies. Yeah. yeah, you know, Williams loved his prostitutes. They all did. But, he did. Uh, Williams did. But uh, it was kind of interesting that I don't know, like that they actually showed the the breasts. Oh yeah, they had topless scenes in Bruce Lee's other movies too. Oh. So there you go. Now you know. Check those out. <laughs> yeah. You can go see some 1970s breasts. Well, I guess you know this is like a major studio movie too, so well it is rated R. So I mean, yeah, it's rated R, but I mean it wasn't like they were trying to market it to like I mean there was no PG-13 I guess back then, so they now the movie would probably be rated PG-13 and they would just not have breasts. They would just have all the Fast and Furious movies or something are just action movies, but they have scantily clad women, but no, you know, no actual breasts, no nips. But uh, 
I'm fine with that. If the, you know. Sure. I mean, I don't care. Whatever. I'm not <laughs> going to turn this movie That's on to uh, slap the snake. You know what I mean? Yeah, I want to watch I'm into... it. I'm, in fact, I'm more interested in looking at Bruce Lee without his shirt. Because, uh, thank you. I mean, thank that you. guy is cut. Thank you. Yep. It's ridiculous. James Coburn was right. This guy, his skin is like velvet. He's like dynamo. It's like a whew. When is he wrong? I mean, James Coburn has never been wrong. Never. Ever. But anyway, yeah. So the snake scene is is really like the. I mean, it's all fun, but like the. I love he puts this. He just kind of opens all the door, fun and games until someone, someone snaps, slaps the snake. <laughs> the guy throws the chair through the window. <laughs> well, what would you do? If something I don't know, but I—I I mean, it's just hilarious. I guess you're right. I mean, what else would you do? Yeah. And then Bruce Lee just gets it, goes in, and then calls. Of course, then like the, they don't get the message for like a half an hour, which is also really funny. Well, you know, it's the the seventies. Yeah, they're all text sleeping. Also, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't allow text messages to be there. And then even if you did, you didn't have any service. Mm. He was like holding yeah, no his box, like yeah. waving around. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. It's all fun. But Williams doesn't. He he dies. Unfortunately, he gets killed. Yeah, they, they, they're like, hey, someone was running around last night. I think it was you. Yeah. And we also have to mention Jackie Chan is in this movie. Yeah, uncredited as guard. What is he? Thug in prison is actually his technical yeah. credit. He gets like <laughs> thrown, and I think. Is Sammo Hung the guy he fights at the beginning? Yes. yes yeah. That is correct. I, I, I want a quick... I'm, I want to drop a little knowledge. If you, oh, drop some knowledge. I'm, ra- I'm right behind you. Like I got some knowledge, deuce. too. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm right, so, right behind you. I'm going to so pass Bruce, the hot Yule log to you. All right. Let me, just, let me just give the... So apparently in the scene with Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee actually accidentally hit him in the face with the stick. And apologized profusely and told him, "You can be in all of my movies from now on." Which, of course, this was. Oh, that's that was a little cruel joke to play on Jackie Chan. That was. Yeah. Uh, there was a great. There was a great uh, line Jackie Chan said in an interview where he talked about where they were trying to promote him in his films, and it would say in small letters, "The second, and then in huge letters, "Bruce Lee," oh, and then in man. small letters, "Jackie Chan." <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I mean, they're not really anything alike. I mean, they're. I guess I'm not even talking about anything too, but in a completely right. different way. Right. Jackie Chan was more comedy, and yeah, and he the stuff he did was incredible, but he was playing it more for laughs. Yeah, he was a little more doughy, and Bruce yeah. didn't have the the, the velvety skin. He wasn't as doughy as Sammo Hung, though. Yeah, Sammo Hung is pretty doughy. All right, Clay, what do you what do you got? Knowledge. Uh, you you stole my thunder. Oh really? That was yeah. So I was gonna drop that. I can't recall that too. It was in the app. Same deuce. It was in the app. Oh, we both dropped. (laughs) (laughs) I got more though. I got more. Oh yeah, good, good, good. I mean, where do you? What what do you got? You can just throw throw something in there. We don't. Yeah. Well, okay. So there was just production-wise. I'll I'll mention a couple of production things that I think people think would be pretty interesting. So. When the Warner Brothers producers came over there, there was a language. They all did kind of get a, get along, like eventually, but they 
there was like a huge language barrier and the the lighting guy or the the dp was like try, he learned five or ten words in, in in chinese and he would say them and every time somebody that he would like tell them turn off or something and they would just laugh at him because of the way he was saying it so, but but so anyways there was like a little bit of language barrier there but they didn't have they didn't have actual breakaway glass, so when they were fighting with those broken bottles, that was yeah. that was real glass because they didn't they weren't and in he, Hollywood. O'Hara, wow. and he cut Bruce Lee because Bruce yeah. was saying, "Just come at me as fast as you can with this thing," and he got him right in the arm with it. He did. He, yeah, he kind of. Well, I, I thought it was his hand, but yeah, either way, I, I don't think he hurt himself <laughs> terribly bad, but he did. He did get cut. Wow. Yeah, the actress that plays the spy, the one in the blue dress, I, for, I forget her name, but she actually was, she took a lot of home videos because she was, I don't know, in the area or something. She was like around it was the John before. Saxon's, uh, didn't, didn't John Saxon's prostitute do a lot of that filming while she was there? <laughs> not his real, not real prostitute. But the... <laughs> his prostitute. The lady that played the, the lady that played who was probably a prostitute, but she was actually an actress. Oh, okay. The, she because she was she's Caucasian. Oh, okay. I don't. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, the one who's I stepping have, on him, that one. Who's, yeah, the one. The woman who's like walking on him, right? To, yeah. To, yeah. So there's some good behind the scenes footage. There's, there's definitely if you type in the making of Enter the Dragon, there's a 20 minute video that the producers made. I think is really cool. That was a really good one to watch. And here's a little knowledge for you, too, where they shot all of the dudes practicing their kung fu moves was a tennis court. That's oh, right. Yeah. And you can even see the lines at yeah. one point, apparently. So I read, I read that Bruce Lee had some nerve. He was very nervous going into some of these scenes. Apparently, like, he didn't maybe not show up at first. Yeah, like, so they had to shoot around days. him for a couple of days. Maybe that's why he was doing all the pot brownies or something to get him to relax or something. But yeah, that's kind of interesting. I mean, he was already a big star there in Hong Kong. Right. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. America, he was on the green Hornet, which was not a huge success. It was canceled after one season and he, and he had some like guest star roles in in like a James uh, Gardner movie and, and another show called long street. But oh. But this was like this was gonna make any lost out on kung fu. So this was gonna be the thing that made him in in America, because that was really his goal. He wanted to prove to Steve McQueen and James Coburn <laughs> that he could be a big star just like them. And he had a letter he wrote to himself called something like "My Chief Definite Aim" or something like that, where he listed all these things that he wanted to do in his life. It was sort of like a bucket list, essentially. And he wow. wanted to be, and one of his like things was like, I want to be a bigger star than James Coburn, and he oh, did. I, I he did think it. He made that, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, not James in my mind. Though. James Coburn's always going to be, in our mind, yes. James Coburn is the greatest. No one can come. <laughs> but I mean, it's interesting. I guess James back. <laughs> yeah, let's just do a James Coburn episode. <laughs> By God. I mean, but it's interesting thinking of that now. I guess. I mean, I, I guess. Sure, everyone has their own things, but I thought, like, why? How could this guy not have so much confidence? He's like the greatest fighter. He's he looks ridiculous. He is insane. Like he is ripped. I think he's he just like he would. He knew he was going to get 
ascend to like that next level up. You know what I mean? He was nervous about, you know, his own ego. You know what I mean? That was the only thing holding him back was, was wow, I'm going to really ascend now. You know what I mean? People get nervous about all sorts of stuff. It seems to be no. well, the other thing one. too is when is when you you're good at something and then you're asked to do it in front of a lot of people. Then you start doubting everything. You start nitpicking your own stuff. Yeah. It could be some of that. I guess. It's kind of interesting. It makes him more human, I guess, in a way. I thought that he was... I mean, certainly wasn't arrogant, I guess. Although he would... Apparently on the on the set, he would ask the extras to, you know, try to fight him. And <laughs> they would... He's like, I'll, give, I'll pay you if, you if you can take me down or something. And, like, never... None of them ever did. Everybody always regretted it, you know. Yeah. He said it. Somebody was... I'll give you a hundred bucks. Yeah, Bruce was like, I'll give you a hundred right. bucks if you could beat me. And so some guy Just was like, like on a set of Spider-Man. And they're like, <laughs> I'll give you a hundred bucks to punch Toby uh, McGuire. <laughs> now, if they had Bruce Lee against Toby McGuire, that would <laughs> You're going to be the tarantula. I, I guess part of the, uh, the inspiration for the, the look of the movie was the comic strip, Terry and the Pirates. Oh, Milton Kniff. Yes. Yeah, and also the famous scene with all the mirrors. I think this thing that you saw on the app, I saw for free on YouTube. <laughs> I <laughs> saw, but all the I saw, stuff. but I didn't see all of this in the app. I'm just, oh. I'm just dropping knowledge. Oh well, I'm just dropping. Continue knowledge. to drop, please. I, and I've got, I've got, I might have a couple more things, but this one I really thought was funny and pretty cool, especially when they implemented it. The place. The scene with the mirror, all the mirrors, the, the you know the final scene of the movie, yeah, that was yeah, inspired by that. the place they always used to go to for lunch. Had like a <laughs> was was had a bunch of mirrors around there, and the director was like, "What if we did a shot like? What if we had you know, a kind of like this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, we had a chicken and, sandwich in our final. And Bruce finale. didn't really. He wasn't really into it. He was like, I don't know, man. But then they like built the set. And they did another cool thing, which was they they built an extra like three. They built a room that was that they could pick up and move around. That was also three walls in a mirror. So in a room with mirrors, and they had a a thing that they could move around. You know, like almost like a green screen, but a mirror screen. And they would shoot stuff in there. And Bruce was way into it. And then the director said he was like, I would get so confused and lost. And not know where anybody was. So after a little while of shooting, I had to go outside and like reset my eyes because I didn't know what was a mirror and what wasn't. He, he got like fatigued. Oh, crusties. Like, <laughs> he got fatigued by looking at all the mirrors and the, and the people and like shooting it through the camera. It was really confusing for him. But man, wow, that is like yeah. a great looking scene, man. That is it the is. coolest thing ever. Over 8,000 mirrors apparently were used to set that up. And I don't know if people, I mean, when you watch a movie, you're just like, okay, that's, I mean, like to shoot with mirrors, it's really hard to not. Yeah, see you have the, to hide you know, the, the camera and stuff. You have to hide the camera. Right. You can't see any crew. You can't, you know, I mean, nothing. I mean, it's per, it's really well done and it's hard as hell. So like, that would that be like a, back in the early what, 70s. Yeah, right. You can't just CG shit out or whatever. Yeah, you know? it's not like Ray in the the Last Jedi, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't. But, but yeah, don't I even mean, bring that up. 
probably really con- confusing to shoot. And that, but I, as I was watching this, like on my computer or like my TV, I was, oh man, I really want to see this in the movie theater someday uh, because I did see it in the movie theater. Uh, anniversary, anniversary, digital, digitally restored, etc., etc., etc. And I went and saw it with Jobless Mike, nice. who spent the entire time burping. And talking to the screen, <laughs> he was all excited when he saw Bolo on the screen because he used to take, he used to do martial arts and stuff too. As did I, I yeah, you know I didn't I did get too. particularly far, but but uh, yeah no it was it was a cool experience when we were in the the screwdriver theater in uh, North Dakota. The, the cool thing is that to watch that yeah, on a big screen, and you could watch the movie at the same time. Oh nice, the oh, screwdriver nice. theater. Yeah. To watch yeah. it on the big screen, I, I legitimately was confused as to where. If it was a person, like I couldn't really tell, like even just watching it there, right? I would love to see it big like that. It must look so cool. And apparently, he had a little piece of iron in his hand so he could break all the mirrors. Very tricky. Uh, tricky. Nice. I mean, yeah. I mean, it. It's really. I mean, film students should watch that or something. I feel like just just to see how cool, like how it can be done with just cameras and you know, not. CGI and shit like film and cameras and trickery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and that little yeah. trick of having like, you know, three false walls of mirrors that you can move around. Right. And how that right, right, right. Works where you can move it. the camera without. You got to move the whole room. Like you got to move the three walls with it. It's pretty, but I mean, and really well it, done. And then he spins around like the secret door, like right at the end, spins it around, and then the mirrors yeah. come around again. Oh, so cool. Yeah, I mean, really, that's it's one of the best finales that you'll see. Yeah, so good. And there's a great score. I love the theme song. So that soundtrack sold. It went gold. Did you know it. that? Dropping knowledge. Yeah, soundtrack. I didn't know that. But they got a gold dropping. record. Sold more than five hundred thousand copies, and you get a gold record. So there you go. Unbelievable. I mean, that's pretty interesting. I don't know much. I don't really know who did it maybe we can uh, i can look that he's up done a crap ton of stuff so but okay. i can't pronounce his name so if you <laughs> look him up i can't right. like an italian name oh all right i mean but yeah i mean you don't see a lot of soundtracks unless they're like Hello Schifrin. all right but let's see what does he do he did the mission impossible theme he did the oh. score for bullet uh nice dirt dirty hattie so Wow. And he had never seen a kung fu movie. He's still kicking around too. He's eighty-eight nice. years old. Nice. God bless him. I am. And I did uh, a drum cover, which I've never posted, but. Oh. Nice. Uh, what? I did a drum cover of "Enter oh. the Dragon" theme, but I've never posted it. Oh well, shit. We could post it with this. I'll use yeah. it for the credit. <laughs> use it for the opening song. I, uh, I mean, um, that's pretty cool. Creepy uh, ghost story elements about enter the dragon of course bruce lee's tragic death before release that's the number one story that's that's the worst heartbreaking for everybody involved but that guy that played braithwaite his m found dead just a few months after filming this movie jeffrey weeks yeah and at the beginning of the movie this is also for all the true crime podcast listeners that we picked up from uh, <laughs> branching out into our <laughs> trying to appeal to all genders they found a body 
at, at the site where down by the water there, where they're right. filming. That's right. They found that. a body. Yeah. They had to wait a few days before they could start filming. Yeah, because there were like cops and stuff all, all around. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of weird. I mean, yeah, it's kind of scary. I mean, there's a lot of yeah, this is Hollywood lore and stuff. Obviously, Brandon Lee kind of. You know the same thing. Obviously, all these years, all the years later, I remember the crow and and it sort of brought it all back. Obviously, dying on the set, and there were all kinds of rumors that someone shot him intentionally and bullshit like that. I don't think any of that's true, but no, I don't think so. I mean, he just there. I mean, what happened? Like it was was it like shrapnel or some people think? Oh, they they put a real bullet in there by mistake. I don't know. Like, I thought that was have, something weird. I haven't thought the, about the, it since literally it happened. It yeah, was like, like 1993. The, the bullet casing somehow got lodged in there or something, and then uh, like I can't it didn't remember. Act exactly. like a blank, or he yeah, had right. There were different kind of there were different kind of theories that were going around, but I mean, it was it is pretty tragic when you consider what happened to his dad and then what happened to him. I mean, just oh yeah. But that was kind of weird because they did finish that movie. There were shots of him that they had put in. Uh, right, like he, he was. Yeah, they did a couple yeah. of things where they CG'd his face onto like a, a right. Which is crazy. I mean, that was early '90s, and it, it happens a lot now. They put in, like you know, Carrie Fisher and stuff in 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 Enter the shit, shit of Sky, <laughs> uh, Shitwalker, Rise of Shitwalker, yeah. whatever. <laughs> but I mean, like back in there, that was crazy to do it back then, but. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's just sad. The whole, the whole Lee family, really. The, the and what did George Lazen have to do with it? George Lazen Lee. <laughs> <laughs> it, didn't he play Lee in the movie too? Isn't that his name? Yeah, his name in the movie is Lee. So he was He's being sort of... of like the Tony Danza school of acting. <laughs> just play guys named Tony. He only plays Tony. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah, but it's hard to think about what would have what would have happened. Like, would he have become like Chuck Norris or or Steven Seagal or something? Even like yeah, Van Damme, you know, brightly for like, a little while. I mean, look at I. I think that it's. I don't mean to be reductive about this, but like, look at Jackie Chan. You know what I mean? Like, he kind of just you know, sort of aged gracefully and always did projects till the end. You know, I mean, he's still around, but, you know, he's now he's the voice in Kung Fu Panda. You know what I mean? Like, that's what he does <laughs> which, now. Which the Lalo Schifrin scored the Rush Hour movies that he was in. So oh, they, really? Yeah. I mean, it's different. You can play for comedy probably longer than... I don't I think probably Jackie Chan put himself through more than Bruce Lee did in terms oh, of, like... That's true. Well, too. I mean, longer, first of all. But second of all, Jackie Chan didn't have a stunt double. Right. Bruce, they would use a... They would, you know, because American producers would be like, oh, hold on a minute. We can't have you be doing that stuff, you know. But that was his, like, claim to fame in, like, the, the 90s, at least, late 90s, at least. And yeah, that's, was, why, like, that's would... why when he came over to American movies, they were terrible, because he wasn't doing any of that stuff. <laughs> you mean the Rush Hour movies? Were yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in, I mean, in Enter the Dragon, they it's weird that, because they, they did ADR in all of the voices in the entire thing. Yeah, well, they, they really do film, have that. They don't film with sound over there. 
Yeah, it's just it's the like way so they do weird it. because it is that stereotypical like what you'd think of if you were to make fun of a a movie like yeah, you want to fight, like, fight me or something. Yeah. It's exactly when he's, lecture, this. when he's lecturing that student and he's like, "What now? What do you feel?" And he's like, "Well, let me think." And it's I'm like, "Wow, that is that's poorly dubbed right there." And but Hans this is one of the only that. two movies where he did his own voice. Actually, yes. he didn't but, get dubbed. Well, no. I mean, okay, ADR, I guess. Right. The, the but guy I mean, that played no, Han, but like the yeah, the sound effects speak, are. He didn't speak English. The guy that played Han, so they had literally somebody off screen going, "This is your line," and he would just repeat the lines. Yeah, like in Temple exactly Doom, how they the told Indian him. guy. Oh, really? Where Spielberg was feeding them the lines. And then he's like, Bangkok Palace. And then he'd be like, and then the children go away. And the children went away. And then, you know, so. And the guy that played the Shaolin Monk. Sorry if my, I I apologize if my my accent was offensive. That was not my intention. Oh, it's just so weird in this because it sounds, this is Bruce Lee's, probably his biggest Move that what he's most famous for. I mean, in in a lot of ways, and it's funny that it kind of uses this like kung fu movie stereotype thing. Where I I didn't know that about the sound thing. That that was knowledge that you just blew my mind with. You know that emoji with Dang. the blown mind. <laughs> that's what I have right now. That's what I look like right now. They don't. I mean, that's the just show. how they film wow. in Hong Kong, or I, they did at the time. It's just a style at the time. Yeah, I guess it makes sense style, for dubs time. and movies like this which were just redubbed ADR but like yeah I guess maybe the stereotypical thing I'm thinking of is when they dub over native voices or whatever but yeah it's the same thing here which is like a little weird yeah you should hear Bruce Lee's the voices they give him in in like the big boss and Fist of Fury they're nothing at all like his real voice I might go on a little I might go on a little I'm gonna tell you uh, a little bitch I like yeah, I in might the, do it. The big boss. I I really enjoy the the main theme for that. It's like so like funky and weird, and they play it in inappropriate places in the movie where it just doesn't fit. It's great. <laughs> so speaking, I don't know, big boss, but I mean, so I guess it doesn't have any. But there's a lot of big bosses in video games, and this Mortal Kombat was. There were a lot of Bruce Lee influences in that. I. I was reading. It's I can't find that now. That piece. Of no, but just like the format of like two guys right. are fighting, and it's like the tournament style. And then also yeah. like it made my when I when John Claude Van Damme's Bloodsport came out, I was taking karate with my dad, and I couldn't have been more excited about fucking Bloodsport. And then Bloodsport Two, that was on the on the playground during recess, talking about fucking Bloodsport. Like, it's basically the same movie as this movie. <laughs> Except not as good. No, no, when kidding. it came out, dude, that was, yeah, no, nothing was, was more important to me. Van Damme was big. We should do a Van Damme episode. Listen to our future Van Damme episode. Yeah, listen to our Hard yeah. Target episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but what I mean, we, yeah. Listen to our Universal Soldiers episode. No, no, listen oh. to our Time Cop episode, and that way you'll be able to travel <laughs> to the future and listen That's to it. Right. Yeah, you'll know. Just right. don't talk to yourself. Yeah. Or interact. And lay, and lay off the M&Ms. <laughs> we could do tons of Van Damme episodes. My God. Anyways, I mean. Listen to our Van Damme Dorito uh, commercial episode. 
<laughs> isn't our JCBT? <laughs> That's a good movie. I do recommend That's, that. Yeah, but would there have been a Van Damme if there was no? Bruce Lee. I mean, it's it's that's or that's kind of the the thing, you know. The, the I feel world like maybe. Van Damme was sort of a cross between Schwarzenegger and Bruce Lee. I don't know what else to say. I mean, I, I it's this is a, it's it's worse that this is a I don't know that it's such a great movie and to Bruce to think of what Bruce Lee could have accomplished beyond this. I guess it's hard. Like like you said, you don't know what would have happened. Could he have been Fat Elvis? I mean, I I tend to think not, but I think that he would have. As I was saying before, like he just would have, he would have expanded Jeet Kune Do and like done more. He was a whole person, not just an actor. You know, he would have maybe checked off his bucket list and made more box office than James Colburn or or whatever. But he also would have, <laughs> he would have, you know, there would be Jeet Kune Do like on every, you know, maybe the world would be a better place. Maybe he became the ambassador or something. You know what I mean? Like the dude yeah. was like righteous dude. Yeah, he was. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, I mean, no, it's hard to say. Maybe he would have just quit acting and, you know, whatever. I, yeah, like, I think he really enjoyed the the attention of being a, a celebrity. Well, there you go. I think that he would have been like a Sean Connery type, you know, like just a, just a classic fucking, you know, he's the guy. He probably would have had like a, a franchise, probably a Mission Impossible type franchise not the tom cruise one but you know he would have had his own sort of james bond thing going on i think he probably would have had one of those that's that's what i think i think so too i think he would have been known for yeah like a long time had, like doing one this. thing that he was always did that like a james bond you know and then you know he would appear in cameos and so things like, oh he's in on this episode of moonlighting like that's weird oh he would have been on cameo <laughs> and you could have hired him to to wish your mom or dad a happy birthday right <laughs> or yeah <laughs> and then like what yeah when he gets a little older he starts to be the bad guy in the movies and stuff you know he gets to be like a little Christopher Plummer <laughs> You don't know. I don't know. I was sort of just looking at more of just people that were martial arts action stars rather than <laughs> rather the way than you're Christopher looking Lee, at. Who just... <laughs> I mean, who knows? Bonner. Who knows? I mean, we can speculate, but I, I didn't mean... think he was so much more of a, than just an actor or just a martial arts right. guy. Right. Might have been a big proponent of legalizing marijuana. Oh, for he sure. might have been a proponent of the League podcast, too. <laughs> legalizing legalizing, legalized podcast. Yeah. Well, one thing I will say, so in 2004 this film was selected for preservation of the National Film Registry in the Library of Congress. As Same year as Birds and the Fire Started was. <laughs> I don't know for about the that. The 10th anniversary. <laughs> Culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant, I don't know which one it I think it's all three for that matter. I think it's culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. So, uh, good choice, Library of Congress. Uh, Is this the first time you've watched it? Uh, it's been a long time. I think I watched it in like the mid '90s, probably at your house. Maybe, probably. yeah. Again, influencing your viewing habits. Of course, of course. <laughs> no, did I do anything on my own? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say so no. Twenty years later, when I started drinking. 
Yeah, he drinks alone. I do this all on my own. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was one thing you didn't tell me to do. The back when all I right. worked for that um, publishing company, we used to always because I guess we we made a lot of money off of Bruce Lee because he sold his books, all of his Jeet Do books, all of his like way of he has he has like a, way of the intercepting catalog. fist. He has an amazing catalog of books. And every year for his birthday... I celebrate his entire catalog. <laughs> we celebrated his birthday. And they would get these huge... I'd never seen it before. I actually ended up delivering one recently. But these huge takeout sushi trays for like to feed like 20 people like in the conference room. I just remember that every year. And apparently Linda came by. I didn't have any brush with Linda, but I did hold Bruce Lee's snap, family snapshots in my hand. Illegally photocopied. That's pretty cool. I do uh, want to say, um, speaking of his birthday, our red shirt Brian and Bruce Lee share a birthday. We should November twenty oh, seventh, yeah, nineteen. November twenty seventh. Yeah, they're uh, born the same year. <laughs> he's not that old, but yeah, <laughs> he acts like an old, a grumpy old man. But red shirt Brian's not that old. But I mean, I know he mentioned it to me before, and he's very proud to have the same birth date. I guess I should yeah, say. Because it was totally intentional. <laughs> I missed it by two days, god damn it. I know, damn it. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Hey, if I worked for that publishing company, I would have totally stolen that stuff, too. Yeah, I wouldn't even have photocopied anything. it. I would have photocopied well, no, but it I mean, those and taken the... I yeah, I would have taken the originals it. and left them. The <laughs> no. I was allowed to do it. It was totally fine. All right. All right, so do we have final thoughts? Clay, did you ever remember what you were going to say? I got to it already. Oh, okay, good. All right, what? I'm surprised we never mentioned that he played Kato on the old Batman. But, well, I uh, did. I said he was on Green Hornet. He was on Green Hornet, yeah. It wasn't on Batman. But he appeared on Batman as Yeah, Kato. it was a crossover episode. It's where ner- since we're a nerdy podcast, according to your friend, we should yeah. mention that he was on yeah. Batman. I have it's photos cr- from uh, him as Green Hornet, too. Oh, I'm going to take a and that picture of these. And before he was upload. jacked, he was, he was just sort of regular. Then. He doesn't even look like the same person. So uh, I'll put him on the Instagram. I think then everyone can see him. All right, check out our league podcast Instagram. Yeah, and go to my and go to my store because there's a Bruce Lee design on there. John's did that. We fast forwarded to plugs. We should go back to final thoughts. Oh, that was my final thought. (laughs) 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 I'm not gonna have any more thoughts. I don't know. I I think I already gave my thoughts. I mean, it's culturally, aesthetically, and historically significant. I think that. Yeah, that says it all. Thank you. That covers it. Do you give it a grade, a letter, or or stars, or otherwise? A thumbs? What do you give it? That? I mean, it's a thumbs. I, Eleven thumbs up. <laughs> uh, sure, we'll give it an A. I mean, come on, it's a fun movie. It's eighty nine minutes. Just you know, like you don't have to invest a lot of time or energy into it. Just watch it and enjoy it. It's fun. A. <laughs> hey. Hey. All right, I'll give, I'll give it I'll give it an A as well. I mean, it's kind of dopey and it's silly sure. and it's and it's just like real goofy, but it, it, I'm on board for <laughs> dopey, silly, and goofy. You know, yeah, the here, fight here. choreography, all like in the script, they would write you know fight to be choreographed by the star, you know yeah. that kind of thing. So 
in terms of that, he was not just a, a martial artist and an actor. He was a fight choreographer on movies. Yeah. So, you know, and he was he was a spiritual guy and that kind of stuff. So it all comes through in the like they they funnel it all through the character of Lee in this movie and John Saxon. Right. Yeah, uh, this guy earned his money lives on in this movie. movie. That's yeah. For sure. Yeah, he lives. <laughs> <laughs> he lives I to will... make a bunch of bad ones. Oh, that's right. I'll, I'll, I'll come across with the A. The only reason that it doesn't get an A plus for me is that this isn't what made me love martial arts. I think that might have been Karate Kid, but so that would probably <laughs> I get an to A, you for that. A plus. It's a generational thing, you know. I get but it, but it was just a generational thing. But as I grew and learned to learn to respect and like read his books when I was working at that place. Bruce Lee is so important to me as a role model. He's he's just a fucking man. And and I just have had for well, I, I worked at that place like twenty years ago, so I would say I like re fell in love with him twenty years ago and I just think he's just ultimately like the coolest dude ever. Love Bruce Lee. So A, Bruce Lee gets an A plus, the movie gets an A, so we can have to have a straight A's across the board. Oh, I like that. I like that. Now, should we hype John's store? <laughs> Go yeah, to T-Public. T-Public slash JN5440. T-Public.com. Get your Bruce Lee Enter the Dragon shirt. We'll nice. put it in the show notes. You didn't put the Bruce Lee with the DJ set up? No, head? no. I didn't steal it. I did it myself. I, I know. I know. I, I, I steal. Things. Yes. I, you can I still go a, uh, to my store. <laughs> I did a quick Let's sketch of Bruce Lee on my my art Instagram. Oh, excellent! Yesterday when I was watching this, a little procreate, zip zip zip. Right. So you your own you didn't steal it? It's your own sketch. Okay. Yeah, I'll put that on our Instagram too. All right, go to my thing. Instagram, <laughs> the podcast everywhere, and wherever you get your podcast, we're on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple. Wherever you get your podcasts, and if you're on Apple, you can give us a review. Do it. So we dare yeah. you. He ate to the horse's head and then gave it a bad review. Give us a good review if you, you know. Yeah, don't just write it's a, a nerdy podcast. Yeah, <laughs> say it. I was I was hoping for true crime. That's what yeah. I have to do. Right. Oh, well, body washed up on shore in this episode. So that's there right. You. Yeah, that's right. And then Braithwaite like, it actually washed up on shore in this podcast. It's right here. I'm on the beach. Oh my god! Yeah, that's it's a little weird. hideous. Yeah, it's a little weird. <laughs> but you know, what I, I mean, even if you don't want to leave, just listen to it. That's what, uh, you know what? That's all we care about. Just listen to the podcast. Give it a download. Sometimes yeah. poor idiots. You can do what I do when I upload one to YouTube. I I set up every single device in the house and just have it playing. I have five plays. Four plays instead of one. There you go. Well, thanks for listening. And yeah, check us all out on all those things. Check out Clay's Substack. Check out RobinHoodComicBook.com if you want to see a free issue of Robin Hood. Robin Hood, oh, the 21st century. And, uh. Pat Penning. Pat Penning. John's got some drum videos up there, but not apparently the soundtrack. To not that. yet. I guess I'll have to put that up. I can't you know. play the drums at the moment, so it's Forced difficult you. to. Okay. But thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll see you guys later. Sayonara. 
Bye. Don't think. Feel.